Thank you for joining XR Own India's first ARVR focus podcast. Today I'm really happy to have with me Declan Dwyer, who's the co-founder and managing director of Graviton Interactive, an XR studio based in Sydney, Australia. So Declan, really appreciate you taking time and being part of Hubble Podcast. Why don't we start with a small brief introduction, background, your love for ARVR and VPS systems? Cool. Um, yeah, no, I've been building things with uh, augmented reality over the last few years uh, in particular. I'm definitely interested in virtual reality as well. Uh, I think that's probably where my interest actually started more so is uh, building building things on VR headsets, especially after seeing uh, the original Oculus uh, DK, DK device and getting really, really excited and seeing how the potential of these, these sort of devices is just going to be absolutely huge um, and have huge impacts across uh, a number of industries um, and eventually uh, I, th- I think that it'll have an impact on everyone's life so that definitely is what got me started um, and I think uh, that led me to experimenting with AR technologies as well um, and I think at the moment the re- reason one of the reasons why I'm so ex- excited about AR technologies uh, is I think that they will uh, reach a very wide organ uh, by wide number of people already and uh, it's uh, going to be have an even greater impact potentially than some of the VR technologies at the moment. Not to say that virtual reality is not something that I think is also really cool, but yeah, both of those things I think is sort of what got me started in, and interested in building uh, applications and games uh, for VR and augmented reality. Uh, both VR and AR still has its own pros and cons. You know, virtual reality is like it, it kind of. Uh, you you wear your headset and you're like you don't know what what's happening in the outside world. You know, though with the the mixed reality glasses, you can peer through you know peer through devices that uh, we we have currently. But AR is we we already have the interface. You know, we've got billions of devices, the phones, you know, through which you can experience uh, augmented uh, reality content. And yes, I mean, fair enough to say that uh, AR is, is something which is uh, currently like where the money is at you know for whether it's consumers or brand because we already have the interface and there is no friction you don't need to go acquire a, a vr headset per se you know so you can experience uh ar through your your phones your company graviton interactive would you like to talk a little bit about that yeah so um we've we're building uh mostly augmented reality experiences for brands uh as as you mentioned that's i think that's a really good application um and it's uh not necessarily about the ar technology directly it just happens to be that uh it's a really interesting way of creating engaging content like uh augmented reality experiences i definitely think uh more uh interactive and engaging than other types of meet other types of traditional advertising media. And I think that's what really attracts brands because it uh, definitely creates a genuine sense of uh, engagement with audiences. Maybe talk about this uh, experiences that can be done with AR and spe- specifically, you know, because you, you, you know, you know, you know, what are the experiences that has caught your attention, which you think are really, really out there, you know, cutting edge of innovation for which, which brands have uh, used and maybe also some of your works, you know, from Graviton Interactive that you guys have done and helped brands in engaging consumers. Yes, something that caught my eye recently is, uh, I think it's Rimmel or Rimmel. Uh, it, they, it, they did a Snapchat activation uh, where they turned the London Tower Bridge uh, into a liquid, I think it's from a scar or some sort of 
uh, some sort of makeup brand. And I think that's really catching um, and uh, very interesting to engage with. And that's why I think that BPS, BPS technology uh, is very interesting for creating these types of experiences where you actually tie things to a physical location. And that's something that I'd love to chat to you more about is how, how, you, how you can tie things to a physical location. Um, in terms of what we've done, we've worked with a number of brands uh, making game, make, building uh, mostly games. Um, I think that games are a really great way of uh, using augmented reality uh, to uh, interact and engage. Uh, I think that uh, Scavenger Hunch is one of the ones that we've been uh, working on most most recently and being able to go to locations and find different places uh, where there is a unique augmented reality experience. Right. right. So, so with AR, there's Markerbase and Markerless uh, AR activation. And then there are these uh, activations which can be anchored into your physical world, you know, in, in your physical locations. Uh, and and you use VPS for that. You know, I mean, so maybe can, can you talk about first maybe explaining what VPS uh, is? How do you build that? How do you go about creating this uh, AR experiences which can be anchored uh, into your physical world? Yeah, no, great. No, I think that that's I think that's a really important point. Important point is talking about what what even is VPS. Um, VP, VPS is a visual positioning system, similar, I guess, in acronym, um, different in technology to GPS. To uh, GPS, uh, VPS is using the camera's uh, features to recognize a locate to to recognize a location. Uh, there's a number of different platforms uh, that are making use of this. Uh, Neant like uh, Niantic is building things that are using this. Uh, Snapchat has uh, elements like what I was mentioning before with the bridge uh, where you can use these custom markers. That's a form of VPS because it's recognizing uh, the exact location uh, from a number of different angles. Um, the, the one that I am most familiar with and the one that I've worked quite a bit with is Immersal. And Immersal's technology allows you to uh, scan a location and then uh, anchor content to that position. Um, what I really like about Immersal's technology is the flexibility of being able to uh, capture a different spot using uh, consumer devices like phones and then also uh, high-end uh, LiDAR scammers. So it's very interesting to me uh, the number of different VPS uh, technologies and how you can currently use them. Lovely. I, I mean, we just caught up very briefly recently at the OR and I caught you at the Immersal booth. Talk a little bit more about this VPS system and, and maybe share uh, some experiences that that's built in tandem with Graviton being the content partner and Immersal. You know, maybe talk about some of the activations that you guys have done. Yeah, great. So we've been using it to build um, game to build uh, different type different types of games where they've been activated on uh, particular buildings and particular locations. Um, and I think that's that's an interesting way that we've collaborated with Immersal. But uh, one of the things that we've been talking about more and one of the things we've been working on is using uh, augmented reality in stadiums. Um, and this is something that uh, I was just at, augmented, uh, at AWE Asia and we were talking about how you can bring these uh, this content into a stadium by scanning, scanning the location um, and then uh, placing content within that within that stadium. Uh, so we've worked with Immersal uh, to, as the uh, the technology provider, to uh, create these underlying maps of different locations, and then we've built the content and the experience on top of that. Um, so I think the really interesting thing about using their technology 
uh, is that you're not locked into a certain a certain platform uh, like uh, Snapchat or a, a certain application. You can build uh, their service and their technology into many different things, uh, including where they are. And I think that's what's uh, really interesting to me. Declan, how do you go about uh, mapping the space out? You mentioned, I mean, you use these phones, LiDAR technology. Mm. Hmm. Is it the team from Immersal which goes out and scans the place, or is it is it for public access where oh, yeah. it's it's you leverage, uh, you know, people to how do how do you go about mapping areas and what are the areas that's been mapped currently at this point of time? Sure. Um, yeah. So the Immersal uh, in particular, their mapping um, can be done by anyone uh, who is who has the who has a developer account with them, um, and the mobile phone mapping that I mentioned before is through an app, um, which uh, you go you walk around and you capture multiple images from different angles of the area that you're trying to uh, create this target for, um, and uh, then you map out this space. Uh, by uploading the file, by uploading these photos to their server, uh, so, so the app um, has a button which you send it to their server. It creates this uh, visual positioning map file, and this map file is what the content uh, is being localized against. Um, and this is the same workflow, uh, a sim very similar workflow if you're using like the lidar capture method, where um, in it's using the Leica BLK uh, portable handheld uh, scanner and then it creates uh, this detailed map of the environment um, which then gets uploaded uh, to Immersal and then they provide you with this same uh, localization file that you can build into your application. So once once you have that map, there's two different types of localization with using their service. Um, you have uh, on-device localization, which is where you use that map that we've created by scanning the environment um, all on the device and not sending any of your images to a server. And I think that's what makes their technology interesting to some of the other ones, uh, because for privacy reasons, you're not actually uploading any of your own images to the server. So you're only using the map um, that's already been created. And once that's downloaded onto the device, the device is, lo is localizing against that map and doesn't actually need to send any of the images from your phone. Um, and if that is not a concern and you're trying to solve a different different problem. They also have on-server localization, which is where you send images from your phone, and then they tell you where where um, your phone is within the space. Is there an incentivizing uh, uh, like something for users who kind of map out the space by a muscle? Um, not, cur not currently. Uh, it's definitely interesting you mentioned that, because like, as you've probably, see, probably seen, as Nantic has their Wayspot, uh, these, these different areas, and I guess people uh, creating this map of the world. And I think that's a very interesting approach. Um, there's nothing saying that you couldn't make something like this using Immersal. Immersal's platform um, is very open and you could, uh, you can uh, upload these uh, maps and make them pub and make them public so other people can use them uh, for creating their own AR experiences. Uh, but currently, I don't think there's, they have uh, like an incentive sort of model, um, like Niantic, I think through their games actually encourages you to create um these different way spot locations right uh you had created some vps based navigation solution for a train station in sydney and also for a stadium can, can you talk a little bit more about the challenges uh, of, of building the, these uh, uh activations yeah sure um 
So definitely uh, scanning a very large amount of area, uh, like a large area like a train station, uh, requires uh, careful planning of uh, how you how you go about um, mapping out this space, uh, whether you're using uh, a lidar system or a mobile or a mobile phone. Um, and uh, initially, when we was when we started creating this navigation system uh, for the train station in Sydney, uh, we tried to map out the whole station in these really large in these really large maps where we tried to uh, upload a lot of images and create these very very large point clouds. Um, but we found that these in particular didn't seem to work as well as when we created multiple maps um, that were aligned uh, to each other to each other. And this was also done using Immersal. So Immersal actually allows you to uh, upload multiple, uh, like create multiple maps and then align each of these maps to each other by detecting overlapping uh, features within these maps. Uh, so once we created these uh, multiple maps, we found that uh, our navigation experience within the train station was more stable and it was uh, able to more quickly uh, recognize uh, our location and uh, then ultimately uh, where we told it to that we wanted to go to within the train station. Can you dwell a little bit more on the applications specifically when it comes to VPS based AR? I think like navigation is definitely uh, one, of, one of the ones that's very interesting um, and I think uh, is a really good use case. Uh, I think that um, turning games is building building these location based games is another use case that I think is really is really exciting so you can turn uh, the outside of a game into a pinball machine um, and we built something like this where we turned a game into a town uh, turn the outside of a building into a pinball uh, game where you have to go to that location in order to play and engage with the the game uh, so that's one that's another thing that I think is interesting um, I think that uh, as we we're talking about at AWE, uh, stadiums is a really interesting spot because you can do a combination of these different applications um, where you've got this very detailed map, uh, which can be used to create these fan engagement experiences uh, where the audience is participating in maybe a shared AR experience. So their position from where their seat is, uh, is aligned to their position in the stadium. Um, and also, uh, getting services within the finding different types of services within the stadium, uh, I think is also an interesting uh, use case of VPS. Um, and then another uh, use case of VPS that I think is really interesting uh, is uh, the industrial applications. Um, so being able to scan very large warehouses um, and manufacturing facilities and being able to create these different types of experiences within there, whether that's for training uh, on a particular machine or factory factory line, or whether it's navigating within this factory. Uh, I think that there's many different locations and places where it can be useful. Um, uh, I, I think it's just, I think of it just as a tool of being able to locate things accurately uh, within the environment. What are the challenges or, uh, you think we need to overcome to map the entire globe? Um, so I think that like, uh, and this is this is definitely like one of the ones that I've seen probably as the closest thing is Google is very well positioned to map the, to map the uh, entire globe uh, with uh, using their mapping their already existing maps as the underlying basis for localizing uh, where you are and Google uh, their geospatial API uh, does this in a way. It's not 
a hyper accurate VPS, but it does localize where you are based on what the camera is look based on what the camera is looking at. Um, so I think that's probably an example of how something would be achieved. And then the other way, which you mentioned before, is whether when we can capture uh, or incentivize uh, users to help us find to scan to scan different types of locations. Uh, and I think when doing that, I think if if you approach it in that way, it, it has to be made aware to the users of what you're doing. So it has to be part of a game or part of some incentive, and it has to explain that they've uh, they're helping to create these maps in some way uh, because it is uploading. It would be uploading um, some some data, whether or not that's images. That would depend on the techno. That would depend on what technology is being used and how these maps are being created. Nishi Matsuda had created this film called Hyper Reality almost. Uh, I mean, a couple of years back, I don't know exactly when, and, and it it painted a picture of of a world which is completely overloaded with data. <laughs> I see. I see. I see the one you made. <laughs> you you look left, right, anywhere, and these digital overlays. So it it, it kind of painted a a dystopian uh, view of what the world could look like. Uh, yeah, if 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 we go overload with uh, uh, you know the digital overlays on a physical world, do do you uh, uh, what what are your thoughts on something like that? I mean, is do you think in, I, I, in the think, next? Yeah, I think that that's uh, that's like possible. That's some, you know some some of these things are sort of possible. That's obviously uh, the extreme end of how much how much things was uh, built into the environment. Uh, but I think that. When designing these experiences, it's important to consider uh, the end users and the human ex the human experience and the human element of it. Um, and I don't think that something like this, where there's overload of data, uh, is necessarily a very good experience. Is necessarily a very good experience? And I hope that things don't look exactly like this. Uh, I hope that there's parts of this, though, like uh, having contextual uh, information uh, about a certain location uh, in in AR. I think is great, and I think that's an interesting application. Um, I think that any type of AR experience uh, has to have some sort of purpose and has to have some sort of value, whether that's entertaining or whether that's providing some sort of data. Um, if, if there's too much or it's just about the advertising, uh, then I don't think that it is useful, 100% uh, useful to someone uh, consuming these content. Uh, yes. So I hope yeah, I hope that it's not exactly like what, what is in that film. Right. Uh, so, so we live in a capitalist world and everything runs top, top down, hierarchical, it's centralized, uh, where money is, is which moves uh, everything, you know. So I, 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 I hope that we don't get into the future because uh, yesterday I think AR, VR, MR, I, it, it's, it's, it's such a potential technology and we're just learning uh, what it could do. I mean, you know, today a uh, web 2.0, it, it's, it's so, it, it's got so many problems, you know, I mean, those like buttons, I mean, we, we've, uh, I'm glad that YouTube took away those uh, dislike buttons, you know, but just imagine you walking down the road and you have these uh, restaurants or shops and stuff like that. Like. And, and, and yeah, and there are people posting like, I, I mean, anchoring digital dislikes or, or maybe nasty comments, you know, so, so. Yeah, I, I really um, do think about, you know, what would happen when these uh, glasses 
I mean, when we transition from carrying technology to wearing technology, to wear where it. yeah, where the entire uh, world becomes a, a screen by or glasses or lens, you know, because even at AWE, uh, there was Expansio, which is working on a- AR lens, and Mojo uh, Lens is also working on that. So, so yes, I uh, sometimes you know you you worry about the technology. Is there anything that worries you about? AR, VR, MR. I mean, of the downsides. Uh, I mean, yeah, definitely things you've already touched already touched on, um, and the thing that when the thing you were describing about dislike disliking restaurants or something, the thing that immediately came to mind is from the the TV show Black Mirror, where people uh, people are like blocking blocking other people and they disappear they're disappearing entirely. But I, I don't think that I don't think that technology hopefully will be used for anything like that. Um, I do think that uh, we should consider uh, how these how people use the te- how people like how the end user is using the technology, um, and if if any of the things we build uh, is u- is useful uh, and to these people, um, I think that uh, AR glasses, in the way that we've described, uh, are still. A very long way away from being like a mass adopt a mass adopted product. I think that um, see, having seen many of these different uh, glasses technology, I don't think that they're necessarily a comfortable experience to wear all day long. Um, I do think they're awesome for specific use cases, and I think that's what currently a lot of these companies are targeting. Like in um, in enterprise, uh, being able to uh, overlay data on certain certain tasks is great and it's like making it's making it more efficient and uh potentially more comfortable uh to use these things um but overall i overall i haven't seen anything super concerning about ar and uh vr i'm very optimistic about that it's going to be a good 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 future with these technologies I, I really hope so too, but I, I somehow feel that the Black Mirror is almost like a documentary of sorts, you know, because whatever that's been shown in doc, uh, Black Mirror, it it's it somehow it, it's coming true. Uh, what comes next for you, which is Graviton Interactive and also Immersive? Um, yeah, so building uh, more different types of VPS experience is definitely something I'm really interested in doing, um, and particular. Uh, offering more uh, types of AR in stadiums, because I think that that's a really great place to make use of both AR and VPS technology, so combining combining those things. Um, and also the other thing that I'm really interested in and have been working quite a bit on is uh, web AR and web XR uh, te- technologies and being able to make AR even more accessible than just being on your, fo- being on your phone. So being able to access these uh, AR experiences without even having to download an app, and I think that's really interesting. Uh, there's several different several different companies providing solutions, uh, like Eighth Wall, uh, which was uh, at AW, which was at AWE at Asia uh, last week. Um, but yes, also WebXR because I think that open open AR web standards are important, and uh, I hope that these continue to be developed and make uh, these different experiences accessible across a number of different devices right completely agree with you i mean the, it'll take away the friction of downloading a- applications the, the web ar web xr solutions um, my last question to you uh, declan india is a huge market uh, 
how how and, and we've got some great things going on you know when it comes to uh the uh, the software developers you know in in the space of ar vr mr web trio and, and and things like that what do you think can be done for creating a bridge between australia and india which benefits both australia developer startup community as well as india hmm very very interesting um lots of, lots of, lots of different things i mean i, I hope uh that uh it can be achieved through a number number of different ways i'm sure that, that at a country level or government level at a government level at the very top level uh, i'm sure that uh, there's opportun- opportunities uh to uh collaborate on making it more accessible uh to work between both of these pla- to work be- between both of these places um but in terms of companies i think that there's lots of opportunities uh to collaborate and uh, build these different ex- build these different experiences not in, not entirely sure of the fine details of how we would implement uh such things on a bigger scale um i definitely am aware of working with people uh and creating some of these ar experiences uh already between australia and india and um i definitely think that that's going to grow i think that's going to grow i don't think uh our relationship is like uh declining i think that hopefully it's growing and it's getting uh, more exciting in terms of technology and what we what we're building uh that i think yeah that's my general sort of thoughts on that topic post covid what has happened is that the entire world has become more digitized i, I run a small team of 10 11 uh, member team and my team is distributed around the world and, and distributed around india also I mean, the reason being because i mean we we this the 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 geography doesn't kind of restrict you you know with developers you know i can access the finest developers not just around india but around the world so that that's one option and i i believe that korean government is doing such a cool thing by uh shaping uh its xr ecosystem uh, i hope there is more efforts from governments and, and there is so much opportunity because uh, if we join hands rather than waiting for the governments or the big tech to kind of like take this ecosystem forward i mean there's so much individuals developers and startups can do so i in, i hope that there is more interactions and there's more ways where we can create business opportunities that benefits australia as well as indian startups uh, and on that note wish you the very best and to my listeners if you like what you see in here then please press the subscribe button until next time see you guys bye bye thank you thank you really appreciate this thank you so much